Every minute, every moment counts. Hello, I'm Julie Hyde, and I understand what it takes to make these moments count for leadership, business, and your life. This podcast will deliver insights and game-changing leadership moments that will allow you to level up and shine a light for those around you. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Vanessa Stoikov, to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Now, you are the girl from Gunnada who grew up in a really solid family unit instilled with strong values who believed that her dreams were possibilities. You're now a fierce businesswoman, entrepreneur, financial commentator, and expert, author of The Breakfast Club for 40-somethings, a mom, a wife, an amazing storyteller who is on a mission to help Australians get real about money. And I am so excited to have you as a guest on the show, and I cannot wait to get into our conversation. Wow, that was a great intro. Thanks. I'm buying into me myself. (laughs) (laughs) So I was hoping that we could start, and if you could tell us a little bit about your game-changing moment that led you down the path that you're traveling today, and what has made you so passionate about getting real financial talk happening with Australians? My first thing that happened was I got out of journalism school at the age of 21, and I'm, I'm 48 now, so let's dispel any. How old would you be? And my first job was Investor Weekly magazine. The die was cast, and obviously the universe pushed me there because you know, I fell in love with financial services. I didn't understand a word they were saying at first. I'd go to interviews and be like, "Uh, okay, because these are institutional investors. So they're investing millions and billions. So I found after a while of listening to what they said and then writing it, that I started to understand what they were talking about. But I couldn't understand why it had to be so complex. And I guess... I spent a long time as a journalist trying to decode what these clever people were saying. I guess once I left journalism, I went and worked for an insurance company and then a funds management firm called Equity Link. And I learned so much there because that was a privately owned firm. It was run by a woman called Uma Sinanakone, who became a real mentor to me. And I mean, she was the first woman that I met that made over a million dollars a year. She was glamorous too. She she was of Asian descent but had been educated in, in France. Her family were very wealthy people in, in Thai or, yeah, Laos, Laos. So she was just this unusual woman who was also good fun. I learned a lot about being a woman of power from her because she carried herself in a way where she could command the room but she wasn't loud. She was graceful and she was diminutive. She was little but she was big in presence. I loved her. I still do. She's in New York now and I often think of her because she taught me so much. You can't be it unless you can see it. And I guess by the time I was 26, I walked into work one day and just couldn't breathe. I was earning 150 grand driving my Beamer at 26 years old thinking, hello. And I had everything I wanted, but I walked into work one day and I just couldn't breathe. And like I literally got out of the lift and started (laughs) and I realise now that was a a panic attack. But at the time I was like, oh, my God, am I dying? Went outside in the alleyway and just called my family and said, I don't want to do this job anymore. I want to do my own thing. And they were like, what? And I knew I had $14,000 coming to me in a bonus. So that was my (laughs) seed capital. But I did. I went in and 
resigned and rang the advertising agency that did the ad work there and said, I want to get into something more creative. I have to be creative, but can I get a job there? And they're like, well, what do you want to earn? And I'm like, 150 grand. And they're like, not a fucking chance. Like, <laughs> you're like 25 or 26 and this is advertising. Like, hello. But they said, we've got a room to rent out here and you could rent that if you started your own thing. And that became Evolution Media. And it's so funny because most people thinking, oh, my God, this is never going to work. Or so Greg Bright told me later. I was like, thanks, Chief. But I had no idea at the time. I thought it was awesome. And maybe if people had said the truth to me back then, I never would have done it because I would have been like, oh. But I honestly, and that's kind of one of my competitive advantages. It's kind of like... (laughs) almost not naivety but what what you don't know is a good thing because it keeps you optimistic and I think being optimistic is an incredibly important trait if you want to run your own business you have to have an optimistic nature otherwise it just gets very very hard oh I totally agree with that you really need to keep that I suppose the optimistic vision happening so it can motivate you each day yeah especially in tough times like this Like, who knows, we're in floods now. Like, next time I talk to you, who knows what will have happened. Locust plague is not off the cards. Like, it just seems like everything is happening. And I don't know if we will get a break from it, whether this is just now the way the world is. I guess after two and a half years of it, we're kind of thinking maybe this is it, which means resilience and optimism and kindness and knowing your values and living true to them so you're not doing shit for people you don't like or resentful or all those things give you cancer I'm sure of it they're toxic my background is in the financial services industry too so I absolutely hear what you're saying in terms of just not understanding why things have to be so complex within the industry And I love that you talk about the lessons or the pillars that we need to unlearn about finance so that we can create a solid foundation to create wealth for our future. So can you share a couple of these with us? I know that they're included in your book, The Breakfast Club for 40-somethings. I'm just hoping you could touch on a couple of them for us. Yeah, for sure. And and if you want to read it for free, there's the first three chapters you can get on my website, Vanessa Stoikov, and see the pillars if I'm talking too fast. But I developed these because you start to see habits about money in people over and over again. The pillars are around things that hold us back, but you may not identify it as you. And I wanted people to self-identify. So Desire, it was my pillar. So if you go on my website and watch my backstory of the little Vanessa growing up in Canada, I wanted things. I wanted the BMW I saw on Sale of the Century that spun down. We watched Sale of the Century over dinner and I was like, oh, my God, that Beamer. Like, it was like, it really got me. And I loved pretty things and I wanted expensive jeans and, like, it's just what it was me. And so I spent a lot of my 20s, I tell you, I'm driving over the bridge at 26, earning 150 grand. Like I very quickly figured out a way that no one else was going to give me the money I wanted. So I better figure out a way to make it myself. I've liked that about me because I've never relied on anyone for money. And that doesn't mean I don't rely on my family and my husband and everything like with my life. I do. But the whole thing about shoes on my feet, I bought them, rock, I'm rocking. I love that because it's a good feeling to be able to say that. It's a powerful feeling. 
And being resourceful enough to do that for yourself, I think, is something that you can take a lot of pride into. We are all leaders, but you cannot be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self first. Over the past two decades, I've empowered hundreds of leaders to deliver positive impact to the business they are representing, resulting in extraordinary sales growth and high staff retention rates. I'm often asked the question, how can I work with you, Julie? Here's how. I present one-hour keynotes to corporations, providing practical tools and strategies for leaders and their teams to take control of busy, to be intentional with their actions and achieve the high performance results that they're looking for. I also work one-on-one with a select few ambitious and courageous leaders who understand the key to creating their success starts with them. So if you'd like to connect, you can find me at juliehyde.com.au. Awesome. So there's desire. So there's things. Yeah, things, which was mine. And then there's focus. And a lot of this one, I think that COVID's changed this one a little bit, to be honest, because everyone's had to focus more on ah, survival now. But most of us focus on next holiday, next car, next house. You go, you want the bigger backyard, you know, you go through your 30s and have kids and you want all that, then you can't wait to get out of that when your kids are bigger and we live in an apartment now and we're like, woo. But it gives you the wrong focus on trying to find fulfilment because what you should be focusing on is how do I want to live my life? In doing that, what do I need to do to get to that outcome? And is it, okay, I need to save X so I can leave that job or start that business or whatever it is, it's just what your focus needs to be on because we lose time having no focus. Time you cannot beat. Nobody can beat time. So it's just the more you leave focus unsharpened and just next thing, thing stage in life without really thinking about what it means and what you want for your kids and or if you don't have kids, what you want for your family or, you know, the, yeah, it's just how you want to live. And that should be our focus. So that's an important one, always has been. The other one is belief. And again, coming back to a lot of people don't believe they're worthy. And they've been taught that by trauma that's happened in their childhood. And something that's been great, I think, is really people opening up about that word trauma now. And when you understand a traumatic incident doesn't have to be you're in a war zone, something that happened to you when you were forming as a human as a person as an adult that scarred you that's taken away belief for people that they deserve it that they can do it that they're good enough that they you know and that's a hard one to overcome because somebody and something has taught you that and so you have to do the work on yourself with belief you have to do the work I would say you need to get counseling I've certainly done it like I've had people you know I've I've, actually had transformational therapists in my life over the years at different stages that have really helped me through hard times. And I think you cannot solve these times yourself, like reaching out to someone. I believe it needs to be someone who's a professional because if it's just friends, there's still a vested interest. You need someone to look at what you're going through and try and help you process and understand it, and that's what they do. So that belief's a big one. And once you believe something different for yourself, it's amazing how opportunities appear before you and how you can open your hands up to take them. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that is the biggest one that holds people back? 
that belief because, you know, thank you for sharing your story and that you have got, you know, counselling around particular things there because I, I also agree. I think that's really important. And what's that saying? You know, the mind that created the problem can't necessarily solve the problem. So getting someone. Yeah, can't see the forest for the trees. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would recommend that to anyone. I guess I don't talk about those things. It's not because I'm hiding it. Just no one really asks. But maybe, again, in this moment of awareness around things that have happened to people and mental health, more people will ask and more people care about that now. So a lot of my message around money is really about where did your trauma come from, where have your beliefs come from, where where are you focusing? The last pillar, and I've forgotten one, I know it now, but I'll go back and look at the site, but um, that I think is the one that everyone expects it to be about is action. And action is, well, what do I actually do? Like, how do I get a financial advisor? What am I paying them? What is it worth? That part of things, to be honest, is the easiest part to solve because there are resources out there. Your super fund has financial advice attached, some, you know, more comprehensive than others, but you can ring them. (laughs) There's so many ways to get financial advice and start that journey. So I feel like that's one that you can solve yourself on the internet or, you know, obviously... (laughs) There's a million resources for find a financial advisor. It's all the work that goes before it that makes it count. You can't go to an advisor and not know what you want or not know where you're going and expect them to solve it. Like what? that's not their job. That's right, yeah. So that's the the importance of having that focus. So I would love to know, you talked about, you know, that you're having that focus on what we want and we're now living in this world of instant gratification right like we want it now and I don't have the patience to wait or if it's not considered sexy so to speak I just don't have time for it I'm not interested and of course this is not how you accumulate wealth so is this a big concern for you or more so for us well, instant gratification. I think it's a concern for the planet, isn't it? It's the reason it's dying so, <laughs> because we've just consumed too much. It's in our nature. I mean, it, it's a concern because people don't understand a broader wealth strategy. So, you know, things like buy now, pay later is just another dressed up way of giving you an opportunity to buy things you probably can't afford. So things like that are an issue when you see it on Instagram. And look, I I would have done that in my 20s. See, I'm because I'm older now, I would have been clicking on things. I still love clicking on Instagram and I can afford it, but it's hard when you're young to have restraint and a thousand bucks a week doesn't go far when you're earning money now, like especially if you live in a city. It's crazy expensive. So I think it's more... People want to enjoy their life when they're young. And I, my kids are young. I mean, my oldest is 18 now and the next one's 17 and then 12. They want to be out having fun and I want that for them. Like, I, you know, and that costs money. Like, so, yes, I am concerned that there is this culture of habit, habit and, and social media, but I'm also concerned that wages haven't gone up cost of living is so expensive and people still want to be able to to your point live in the moment and do nice things and there's always a balance you you, being the finance person saying don't buy your coffee save this like I suck at the budgeting like I'll tell you how I budget I put an amount first that comes out for investing for super whatever every time we get paid and whatever's less I know what stuff comes out on the credit card for bills and I pay that straight up 
and I just keep paying everything that needs to be paid and what's left I can have. That's how, what we spend. That's the only way I know how to budget because being told no shits me. Being told, it's like diets. So that's why they don't work for me especially because I don't want to be told no. No, I have, I, My husband says, yeah, no shit, that's your nature. It kind of is, but like I find it works to put everything where it needs to be first and have what's left. Yeah, that makes sense to me. It's just, you know, we, we must sort of be the same personality type because I don't like being told no either. But if everything sort of comes out of your, your, your salary or, you know, whatever you're getting in terms of payment, then whatever's left you can spend, it's like awesome as long as there's something left. Well, that's when you know you need to earn more. And I remember in my late 20s, early 30s probably getting an accountant who I was paying for advice who said to me, here's the biggest advice I can give you, Vanessa, earn more, spend less. And at the time I was like, uh, F you, dude. Like that's just not advice I'm paying for. Tell me something how, but reality is I my lifestyle was too big and my business cost for what I was billing. And it's like you need more in than you'd get out. That is the simple equation. And if you know there's not enough coming in, you need to find another way. And I've done a million segments for television on side hustles because, you know, technology's made side hustles a thing. And there are legitimate ways to make money on these apps, like as far as putting yourself out there as an air tasker, an Uber, or there's a million dog walking, you name it. There's just something you can do. You can hustle it. And it's better to do that when you're younger because I say hustling when you're older. Someone, a girlfriend of mine, described it as, you know, being in the chairs thing at a birthday party and the music stops, but you got stockings around your feet trying to get to the chair. And it's like, you're not going to make it. <laughs> you're too slow. You know, the earlier you do that, which always leads me to my insanely favourite topic, which is superannuation. Now, remember when I told you I went back to being a journal at Investor Weekly, all the people that I was interviewing worked for what they were called at the times fund secretaries because super had only just started a few years before. It was five or six years old. And in its infancy, and it was at 3% when I started, and I learnt, I learnt all about it because I was writing about this industry every day, and I just realised the power of compounding interest where when you're young and money goes in, and I've been lucky that I've had super going in since I was 21 when I got that job and I earned good money. So I've had the power of compounding. And the one thing, business fortunes may come and go. And um, at the end of the day, I know Woody is my husband and we've got a pretty decent super nest egg. And I know it sounds unglamorous to worry about retirement, but like we're going to live well because of that. And that's always my plan B. And I think everyone needs a plan B. And the younger you can get your kids to think of that plan B, because it's like a little bit going in when they get their first job. My kids have just become interns and that. And it's like, get that super fund. I've been filming how they open it. And that's a shit experience, but I'm working on that with the super funds. Like the more they can see that as plan B, it's just what it's got to be called. Then it becomes so easy because at least, you know, thank God, if I get to that age and I still, this hasn't worked or I don't own a house or whatever else, I'm going to have enough money to live a decent retirement and not just live on the pension. And you should be enjoying that part of your life. Like that's a nice part. <laughs> my mum loves that my my first son when he was little said, oh, I like Nan and Pop's life. Like I want to be in retirement. They just go to bingo and just do what they want. And mum's like, that's classic. And I was like, yeah, I guess. It's not showing me much ambition. Luckily he sort of broadened a little but it should be nice. Like it should be restful. It shouldn't be stressful. 
That's it. You're investing in future you, I sort of think about with superannuation. So, yes, I'm with you on that. And I love the plan B. That just sounds like just something easily achievable and something that you can sort of work towards as well. It's a long-term thing, but even flicking, get the app from the super fund and flick 20 bucks in from your pay when it's at the start of the month. Do something little at the start of the month is the trick. Get everything out. When you get paid, whenever that is, everything out that needs to be done first. And that should be, even if it's a little tiny bit more in your super, it's your plan B. You're going to benefit. Yeah, absolutely. You're out there. You are. I love that you are so anchored to who you are and what you stand for. And I, and also, you know, you were talking about the importance of being the optimist, you know, when we first started talking. So how do you stay anchored to who you are and step into your confidence every day? Because it's not an easy thing to do, given what, what we're facing into each day and every day. But And some days you just don't feel like it. Yeah, hell yeah, we all have those days. But keeping in mind, I've still got children at school, so I have to get up and get them out the door and drive to school and I drop my husband to work, so I don't have any choice. But it's not just that. I, you know, I've got this, med- I'm going to put it on my playlist or I'll send it to you to publish. It's called, It's a money mindset track that I've got on Spotify and every day it starts off. But And it's all like dance, tune, soul, whatever. But there's one song that I play that drives my kids crazy. It's just called Thank You, God, for Everything. And I find the best thing I can do is be grateful. And then I get happy. So I wake up with the shits all the time, like something. And then you're like, oh, the weather shit. Mm. And then um, I go put this song on. And then suddenly all the things that I'm grateful for, I think about and then I get excited about the day and then I can go get my kids up and get meetings happening because I've got a lot of partners working with me now. They're all working on a really vital piece of the puzzle of my business and I need to keep everyone motivated through these times. It's not just paying them. Paying people isn't enough. That's the bare minimum. You need to pay them. But how do you make them excited and feel like what they're doing is meaningful? Gratitude gets me there. I would hazard to say it would get most people there. It seems to be the thing us humans feel good when we feel grateful. Absolutely. I love that strategy. I can just imagine you getting up and dancing around. Yeah, you can imagine it. It's not a good look. (laughs) But it's got me through bloody lockdown, that's for sure. Yeah, and whatever works. And I love that. So, you know, when you feel grateful, then you move to a place of feeling really happy. And it's good to feel good. And when we feel good and when we feel happy, then that does enable us to, you know, step into whatever role we need to fulfill. And as an entrepreneur, you're fulfilling a whole heap of roles. So I love that strategy. Thank you for sharing that. And just on a final note, because I could talk to you, I think, all day, (laughs) but this podcast is called Making It Count. You have mentioned that a couple of times, but I'd love to understand something that you do consistently to make it count in your world. Making it count, like those moments especially, like I love cuddling and family moments. I've got all sons, so I'm the one female, even our cat who is adorable, and has his own webpage, is a male. So I make it count by giving love every day to my boys. Like that's my most important thing. Like that's what grounds me. But also I get a lot of energy from that. I've loved being a mum and they're bigger now and they're like, <laughs> they're big, 
muscly, good-looking boys. And I'm like, woo, I've done well. But um, my husband and I are happy in watching that. But just giving love every day is, and getting cuddles and that, it, it makes it count. Like if you had to kick off tomorrow like Paul Warney, you know, with just no warning or anything, like you would want to remember the things like the cuddles and the smell of their neck and all the little things that would flash by before you went. And so that, yeah, I like that. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I love the thought of that. Again, thank you so much for being part of the podcast and for being so generous in what you've been sharing with us today. In the show notes, I'll share where people can get in contact with you and get a, a copy of your book and subscribe to newsletters and things. So, Vanessa, thank you for being part of the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me and for asking thoughtful questions. I really like what you're doing and I'm looking forward to reading your book. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's episode and I trust that you enjoyed leaning into one of the precious moments shared. I invite you to leave your thoughts as a review in support of this show. You can also share with your network and even rate and review it. I would appreciate that feedback and connection. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram via my handle, Julie Hyde Leads. Until next time, live and lead intentionally and make it count.